Yeah, where's it coming from? Let's find out. Hello and welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher, and with me are Kendra Maurer and Morgana. Tonight, we're bringing you the first of a series of episodes centering on a very strange and haunted place that has been and continues to be very influential in all of our lives, Athens, Ohio. We named this episode the Athens Zone because it's kind of like the Twilight Zone, but without Rod Serling and the creepy theme music. All three of us have lived here in Athens over the years, and two of us still do. The only one who doesn't live here comes and visits as often as she can. Athens is infamous for being haunted. Back in the 1990s, it was declared one of the most haunted places in the world by the British Society for Psychical Research. The reasons most often given for its status as a very haunted place has to do with its history. The fact that it's home to over 50 cemeteries, the looming presence of the former Athens Lunatic Asylum, and the presence of ancient burial mounds, and its home to Ohio University. Legends and lore abound about the town and her surroundings, but most of these stories are either heavily embellished or completely untrue. When we looked into these stories, we found some truths that were even more fascinating than the myths. What remains is the fact that for whatever reason, Athens is a very bizarre place to live and has been considered strange from at least the early 19th century. With its little lights dancing in the woods, ghosts in seemingly every other house on any given street, hairy giants roaming the state and national forests that surround the town, UFO sightings, strange animal apparitions, and fairies, being in Athens is like living in an alternate universe. It has, for over a century, drawn people to the area, and a significant portion of them seem to stay, if not forever, for a lot longer than they intended. A friend once said that Athens was like the land of fairy, that you come here to go to college, but you drink the wine and dance with the locals, and you wake up one morning thinking only four years have passed to find out it's been ten. The first of us to arrive on the stranger shores of Athens was Kendra. I got to Athens in 1989 as a... I can't say naive 18-year-old because I grew up in the Cincinnati area and it has its own little host of of hauntings and cryptids and its own secrets. Um, But So I was kind of ripe for all the stories. When I first got there, I was a uh, race bicycle. So my training was out in the remotest areas for over everywhere within a 75-mile radius. I rode a bike. So I got to see a lot of the like the lay of the land itself and to see like firsthand the strip mines that had been abandoned since the eighties or nineties. I forget when they had gone away. Um, But what was interesting, the best part was I didn't necessarily expect to find out how haunted it was, but for whatever, well, not for whatever reason. I'm just weird. And I attract these kinds of stories. So people would come to me with, oh, did you hear the one about 
And it was so common knowledge that I knew all these weird stories that one day, two of my good friends and I were driving up the road. We got a little lost and we turned off. We were going out 32. We took this little side road to turn around. And when right as we pulled off the road, this very low, very heavy fog had settled. So it was like just down off the road and over the field. So as we turned, our headlights hit like the tops of the clouds. And I was like, oh, there's this story about this area. There's a cemetery out here and it's legend. And I thought I was telling a joke. It's, you know, it's legend that on the third Tuesday of, you know, March, that <laughs> the ghosts would wake up on this field and everybody got quiet and we, we laughed. I didn't really think much of it because when people are quiet around me, I, I assume I've just annoyed them and they don't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> I found out later I had scared the crap out of them and it took them a week to get over that. I was like, I am so sorry. But that's a that's a good testament to what Athens is like. It's there there is mystery everywhere and you can feel it. Definitely. Yeah. You can also it's also pretty safe to say this is near a cemetery, no exactly. matter where you are, because yeah. it's near a cemetery. And yeah. even if it's not a, near a cemetery, there's probably somebody buried there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Seriously, because there have been people here for a very, very, very long time. Thousands of years. Yeah. 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 It's it's funny. I did not live in a house in Athens that was not near a cemetery. Mm -hmm. Even when I moved out of the town of Athens, every house I lived in was near a cemetery yeah. within a half a mile. Mm -hmm. Usually less than that. Yeah. Um, and that's that's just that's hilarious. So when you moved here, the uh, lunatic asylum, which was then mm -hmm. not called that, was still open. It was still a mental health it center. It was still active. And we would ride bikes up like you go past the, the hospital. And do you go? I can't remember. You, you go directly on the grounds to get up to Radar Hill, which was a hangout yeah. for students. Yes, That's what I thought. I knew there was the road to the dairy barn on the other side of the creek. But yeah, you go up along through the grounds of the asylum and you would see patients out there being walked by their attendants and sometimes they'd wave and sometimes they wouldn't. And, you know, there's just people out doing their thing, like exercise time. After it closed, it was kind of heartbreaking for Athens itself because it, in a weird way because those people weren't sent anywhere productive or helpful. They were just kind of absorbed into the community in, in government housing, but they didn't have the same kind of care that they had at the facility. So we kind of had nicknames for them, but based on, you know, kind of the sense, like the one guy was bent over guy because he was bent at a 90 degree angle and he was the sweetest guy. He always said hi. Yeah. And then they're nice. Yeah. And then there was scary Garcia who looked like Jerry Garcia, but felt scary um he would give bubble gum to the female co-eds and watch them i i never accepted gum from jerry uh, scary garcia um but he would watch them chew their gum for his pleasure and we also had like bicycle guy and straw hat guy 
Um, yeah. They became kind of regulars in the neighborhoods. Uh, I think that was West Side. Most of them, I think there was a housing on West Side for that. Sheltering Arms. Okay. Because they were always by the house when I lived on Central. Yeah. Sheltering Arms was right around the corner from okay. where you lived. And it that still is. Sense. Okay. Um, and that's one of our assisted living okay. kind of places. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that, that was there. Mm -hmm. Um, did you, you lived on campus. I never lived on campus. So. I lived, yeah, I lived on primarily on West Green, which is across the street from most of the rest of campus. There's like Richland Avenue, which isn't, you know, in retrospect, it's not a big road, but by campus standards, it's a big road. And, uh, I lived in the convocation center, which which is the basketball arena. But I lived under the bleachers for a while. And then I lived in Sergeant Hall for a couple of years, which is the uh, sophomore junior uh, hall. Yeah. We had a Wilson Hall on West Green. And from what I understand, there are two Wilson Halls. Yes. But what's interesting is we heard about Wilson when we got to campus. That was like one of the first stories we were told. But in, in doing some reading, they're like, oh, that haunting didn't happen till later. And I'm like, no, I remember it pretty distinctly when I first got there. But from yeah. people who live there. Well, Wilson, isn't that the, uh, the hall that's supposed to be in the middle of the pentagram? Yes, Wilson is supposed to be in the middle of the cemetery pentagram. What's weird is I also heard that uh, the convo was the center. Yes, but that's another one it, of the stories. If you pick any five cemeteries in Athens and draw a pentagram, there's going to be somebody in the middle. But yes. with 50 cemeteries, it's a lot of pentagrams. Yes. Yes. The story I heard was the center of College Green, where they actually have a pentacle, or not a pentacle, a pentagon in yeah. brick, is the center of yeah. all of it. That was the one I heard. But I also heard the Wilson Hall one. Yeah. I heard, I heard the Wilson Hall as well. And actually, then I... I heard from you, Kendra, that the convo was supposed to be the center. And mm -hmm. of course, you know, I was like, yeah, but you can make a pentagram out of anything. And you were like, exactly. exactly. There are so yeah. many cemeteries. You just pick yeah. your pentagram. You, you can't know? throw a dead cat in Athens and not hit a cemetery. Definitely. Definitely. Or a witch, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. that See that? You took my story, man. I'm sorry. That's okay. I just gave the punchline. Yeah, <laughs> Coyote. I'm sorry. Just telling it out of order. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Have you met me? <laughs> if it's in my head, it's out my mouth. <laughs> you know, I'm so many things I could say. I know. So many. So did you go visit the cemeteries when you were, you know, before I showed up to instigate things? <laughs> we did because being freshman sophomores and having enough idle time, having more idle time than is probably healthy. Um, we did hit the cemeteries and usually after dark and usually it was more us scaring the crap out of each other than actually anything happening or me telling some story and everybody freaking out and not talking to me for a week. <laughs> but so I never, I never experimented with anything though. I never like some of the kids would light candles and lay on graves, but I, that's up there with don't make eye contact with it because it becomes your responsibility. I didn't want anything deciding that I was interesting. So I didn't mess with it. 
I never did any of that. I would visit the cemeteries, but I was like one of the people who would visit cemeteries just to like walk around and like sort of pat graves that looked like nobody visited for a really long time and like read the inscriptions and stuff like that. And there are some really pretty ones in Athens. Yeah. Um, Yeah. In if a cemetery is pretty. They are. Some are. I'm a New Orleans girl, so to me, cemeteries are cities of the dead. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's so, what they're like. And I was like, yeah. oh, go visit. And you know, they leave. Some of them are gated. Some of them have yeah. have the iron fence that you put around a cemetery to keep everybody in and everybody but, out. And everybody I was going to say, we all found ways in, though. <laughs> but they, oh, yeah. they'll leave them open during the day, so yeah. I would, I would wander about in them as yeah. a teenager and when I was older because it was also a nice quiet place to go yeah. read yeah so I am guilty of being the college student who wandered into the west side cemetery mm-hmm. occasionally with a lar- with yeah. a couple books and just wandered out at dusk and occasionally got some really weird looks wandering out at dusk <laughs> yeah <laughs> like hi yeah. I'm just I'm just a vampire who just woke up with a <laughs> Um, yeah I always I always found it disrespectful like I don't walk on graves if I could avoid it because it just feels rude but I don't really think other people doing it are necessarily rude I just think it's rude I can't do it yeah I just I can't I was taught not to I I come Morgana you come by your going into a cemetery for peace and quiet and to read the inscriptions honestly um, my family, the, the Fisher side of the family are graveyard haunters. They, every, every place they go to that has some historical significance, you gotta go visit the graveyard and you gotta, and, and you gotta look at all the graves and you gotta look at all the angels and all the mausoleums. And I mean, and the obelisks and the obelisks and usually one of my relatives would know the the stories of the graveyard or they knew the stories of the historical personages that were there. And in West Virginia, we have lots of historical personages and lots of cemeteries. So it was like a thing. Mm -hmm. I think I may remember that because I know I was dragged on some of these adventures as a child. Oh yeah. They probably took you to go to Papa's grave. Oh yes. Graham's. So I, I do and think I'm quite honest. And yeah, and I, I kind of like graveyards, I suppose. And I haven't done it in ages. Um, I think the last time I was in a graveyard was, good Lord, I think it was when I lived literally right next to one of them. And I had wandered in for some reason. I think after a deer that I was looking at or something <laughs> and I haven't been in one because of course there were, there's in town deer that live in one of them. Oh yeah. Um, that's the one that's close to our house. Yeah. Which is the last time I went to a cemetery was with Kendra. Yep. We took a walk after dark. Yep. That was nice. We got to do that again. And it was foggy and we went into the Catholic cemetery. We did. And there were deer mm-hmm. that loomed up out of the fog. 
you, we could hear him sort of stepping and chewing and we were both yeah. like, ah, oh, it's deer, you know, yeah. but then we nearly got too close because yeah. we couldn't see them. Yeah. Then antlers and a couple heads popped up. Oh, oh okay. Our bad. Uh, we're bad. Beating. We'll be over here. Yeah. We're gonna some go. people think deer are cute, but we know they will stomp you. <laughs> yes. Yes, they will. They absolutely will. Although the ones in Athens are fairly chill. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Um, I said fairly. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the, uh, the older cemeteries anyway. They're really, really pretty cool. I and we have lots of them. I do got to say the one I spent, now that I think about it, the one I spent the most time in was the one up in the ridges. Yeah. Behind the ridges. So for people that don't know, it's, it's. The ridges from, is what we call the lunatic asylum the lunatic now. Asylum. And the graves are in concentric circles until the plague hit. And they were just like, bury them where you can find place. So you have concentric circles interrupted by stripes, by lines. Um, and they all have numbers for the privacy of the families. So. And that cemetery, we'll talk more about it in a future yeah. episode when we talk about the ridges just yeah. on its own. Which is also supposed to be extremely haunted. Yes. That cemetery yeah. is supposed to be haunted. And supposedly local witches and Satanists go to the center of the circles the concentric circles mm -hmm. and have rituals there. But I'm going to debunk that. I've never, if anybody did, it was nobody that I ran across. And it's colored freshmen is yeah. my guess. It yeah. Yeah. It, wanting to be spooky. High yeah. schoolers and college yeah. kids yeah. would be my guess because I know quite a few witches in town and yeah. none of them would do that. Yeah. They might go up there to meditate. Right. And I certainly spent quiet time there, but uh -oh. yeah, <laughs> nobody was calling up Satan or anything that we know <laughs> of. Because in that anybody... cemetery, you didn't know what was going to come up. <laughs> no, no, that yeah, that that place. So by the time I got to Athens, I got to Athens in 1992. So Kendra had been here for several years, and then I showed up. And uh, the way that we met was I was in a bead store, which is still open. And I made jewelry and I was looking at all the beads and being like, oh, my God, look at all the beads. It's amazing. And this guy came in and was selling these earrings that he made out of chain mail that was tiny, tiny chain mail. We called it insane mail. Yes, insane mail. And I saw that and I was like, you're in the SCA, aren't you? And he said, why, yes, I am. And his name's Ryan and he was a blacksmith. And he's, he's like, so you're new in town. And that weekend we ended up at, was it his place? It was at Dave's place playing in a D and D game. And then we went to the SCA meeting on Tuesday at Morton hall. And that's where mm -hmm. I met Kendra. Yeah. That's where I was. And 
all the other people. And I asked, let's see. I asked some person that was like, so are there a lot of pagans here? I've heard there are a lot of pagans. And that's where the, you can't swing a dead cat in Athens without hitting a witch came from. That was Brad said, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they're all over the place. You'll yeah. like it here. It's awesome. And uh, so that's, that's how we got connected. Um, and yes, and in, in the nineties in Athens, the pagan community was probably the most active, biggest one I had ever been anywhere near. It really, it really was. And it was like, if you went there and you weren't, you would eventually at least, I hate to say dabble in it, but you would at least become familiar with it. And, and it becomes sort of a part of the, like, I kind of was into it, but I can't say I was ever like a practicing pagan. Yeah. So I wonder how many people were, you know, at least just part of the community without actually being in covens and that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I suspect that's still a thing um, yeah. because there's the thing about Athens is there are neo-pagans and witches and like green living hippie types and musicians. There's an amazing music scene and artists and hunters and farmers and gardeners all mixed together into this like cheerful alternative strange community where you with probably lots of overlap with lots and lots of overlap and you can walk down the street and there's a professor's house and then a druid's house and then there's a bunch of kids playing outside with a tiny little library like free yeah. lending library that's painted like in multiple colors on their front porch and then there's a bunch of college students and then it's just yeah i refer really to cool. athens as an island because it has its own little tight-knit community it's tight-knit in the sense that everybody kind of is in everybody's stuff the venn diagrams are pretty well superimposed on top of each other yeah and occasionally semis come in with su supplies yeah yeah <laughs> And yeah. college students for the yeah. academic year. Thousands yeah. of college students for the yeah. academic career or academic year. And that brings a certain energy with it. Yes. Yes. And that is the one of the first things that I learned. Uh, yeah. I came here to finish my degree that I had started about eight years before. Um, so I came to Athens to finish the degree. And I met the owners of the at that time pagan bookstore it was called horse feathers and it was in a purple house that was not in the business district but it was kind of adjacent to the business district it was on a street that was mostly student rentals it was kind of a party street and i met the proprietors of the place crow and becky and they taught shamanic practice they were shamanic practitioners who taught shamanism they also did tarot readings and they had drum circles every week and they were really nice people and they told me that part of the reason that athens was special was because of the energy of all of the young people that were there and that there was that was part of what drew not just creative people 
and witchy people, but it also drew spirits there. And they were both good spirits that were generally positive, and then the ones that were not so positive. And they would feed from the energy of the students because the students would have these big street parties. Yeah. Um, the biggest one and the most famous one is the Halloween party, yeah. which is what, 10,000 people in this, on the main oh, street? At least. And I feel the need to say, every year we would look at the paper for who got arrested and where they were from, and they were all people from Columbus. That's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, there were, no, there people, were a few from Cleveland. Yeah. People come They weren't locals. From, people yeah. come from West Virginia to the Halloween party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. okay. There were I'm people gonna, who came from Pittsburgh, too. I yeah, actually yeah. knew of a couple from Pittsburgh. My husband's friend from New York <laughs> had come down to Athens. So, yeah, it is really well known for its... Uh, it's kind of like the Mardi Gras of the Midwest in some ways. Yeah. Without the amazing floats. But, but you have bands, and you have open containers, and you have people in costumes crammed into, yeah. what, four blocks? Four yeah, short uh, yeah. blocks? Four short blocks spilling out into the surrounding campus in every bar. Yep. In the alleyways. In just. I admit, I always loved it though, because it was just a milling crowd. There was no intent, there was no focus. It was just people, and people would dress up in some of them are fantastic costumes. People dress up every year. And yeah, I enjoyed it. Costume contests. Yep. There's multiple stages. So there's mm-hmm. like three bands, I think, playing at once. Mm-hmm. Not to mention there's usually bands in a bunch of the bars too. Oh yeah. yeah. Um but creatures would come to to yes. feed from that. So yeah. there was and then by the time I got there, the ridges or the the mental health facility had closed down. Mm-hmm. I got there and it closed down a few months later. And what happened is that the university was given that property. And so they decided to start t- dismantling the insides of the buildings. It's a huge campus, huge number of buildings, because it was one of the largest state hospitals ever in Ohio. It, mm-hmm. it was also a Kirkbride plan hospital. Yes. So yes. It's yeah, beautiful. Like a it's thousand gorgeous. plus acres. Yeah. So they started taking the they started gutting those buildings. And I think that the reason that it was so active when I got there was because of all of that stuff being dismantled and disturbed. And so that if there was any and there was psychic things happening up on that hill that was part of what was causing it is that yeah the what had been a pattern for a long time ceased to be a pattern and it was disturbed and add to it we lived on the west side where the power station was oh yeah so yeah. it it was the west <laughs> still is but was just had its own freaky nature yeah the west side has always been strange but i'm sure that it got stranger after they put an electrical substation there and if people don't know why we think that it's because large electrical generators 
produce huge electromagnetic fields. And I would estimate that the electromagnetic field that that substation generates pretty much encompasses most of the west side. It's substantial, yeah. Um, Kendra lived like right around the corner from it. Yeah. I lived down several blocks from it, so I wasn't as close. But Kendra was right there. Right there. there. And that, yeah, that was not cool. Um, I, I, I had lots and lots and lots of weird dreams and nightmares. And sometimes walking around at night on the West side just felt jittery. Like you were constantly looking behind you, being jittery, being nervous, being twitchy. Strange stuff just happened over there. And that's, and, and as I said in the introduction, it seemed like every other house on any given street had a house ghost. Yeah. And, and it was, I mean, I grew up in Charleston, West Virginia, which is a really old city and there's lots of haunted places, but not like Athens. Yeah. And it, it's a much bigger, you know, town than Athens. So maybe it's mm-hmm. spread out. I Monsters. don't know. But I actually think it's more that Athens is different in yeah. some way. But yeah, the West side was totally, totally strange. Yeah. And that house that I lived in had, I looked back and realized that was a very active ghost. He was very like, I think I've talked about it before where it would plop down in a chair. Nobody could sit in the chair because it was broken, but it was wicker. So you could hear when it was being disturbed and, the, the ghost would just plop down in it. And my two housemates, both guys, also saw the ghost at different times. So it it was quite, quite the quite the experience. <laughs> it was it was weird. I mean, and then we had we had friends who lived around the corner mm-hmm. from Kendra, right across mm-hmm. the street from the electric stub substation. Yeah, they were practically on the substation. Yeah. It and yeah. their house we we spent a lot of time there and there was all kinds of things that we did there. We did, you know, sewing bees and, and all sorts of, we played um, D and D that's all we did. It seems like, but you know, we did that and we just had a lot of fun there, but it was, it was a nerve wracking place. Yeah. And I never saw anything there, but I felt something. Because there was that whatever it was that was there that would cause people to feel intense fear. Yeah, the the dread thing that was, and then the the, that was the thing that killed the bird. Yes. So there, this thing in their house, because they found out that I was a witch, they were like, "Oh, good, you can help us. Don't make eye contact." Because then it becomes your problem. And don't become known as a witch because then it will become your problem. And it's the psychic equivalent of owning a pickup truck. Yes. Yes. It is the psychic equivalent of a pickup truck. As soon as they know you're a witch, man, if there's a weird thing, they're going to come and talk to you about it. And uh, so, of course, I'm going to help my friends. I'm like, okay, yeah. So, what's going on? Well, sometimes you'll just be standing there. And all of a sudden your heart starts to race and you start hyperventilating and it's really scary and you break out into a sweat and I'm like, okay, now wait a minute. 
is there a physical thing happening? Is are you get is anybody have are is anybody having panic attacks? You know, is this a and no, because it would be other people than the people who lived there. And it was more than just one person. And it would just sort of travel, you know, from, from person to person. So I said, okay, all right. So I went and I did, you know, I showed them how to cleanse and bless. And I cleansed and blessed and smudged and did the whammy and did all the things. And they had a canary. And, Which uh, is so appropriate. I know, right? And, uh, you know, we it, for a couple days, it was fine. And then it started to become worse. And people started having nightmares, not being able to sleep, including guys who did not necessarily believe this stuff. Right. Like Trip. Trip was, yeah. like, unable to sleep. And yeah. he, he, he came to me with these big goggle eyes and was like, Barbara, you got to do something. This this wasn't enough. And I said, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, so let's all get together and we'll raise energy and that'll be more energy than just one person. And we'll see if we can push it out of the house. And it was such a good idea, wasn't it? No, it yeah. was not. Well, it was a good idea. It just didn't work. <laughs> it was, it was kind of terrible. Well, it worked just not in the way we wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happened was, is I had everybody sit in a circle. I cast the circle um, and and did the whole circle of protection. We put salt on the floor. We did all the things. We did it right. We didn't screw it up, but it still didn't work. Yeah. Um, and I had everybody hold hands. Yep, I and that. we were chanting to raise energy. And I told everyone, if you feel it, if it touches you, because that's what it would be like this thing overcoming you and you'd get scared. Yeah. Even if you were just standing there with your eyes closed, you'd get scared. Yeah. And so I was like, so whatever it is, it's feeding off of your fear. So let's try to just breathe deeply and not be afraid. And also don't try to fight it because that is also another, it, it might try to become aggressive and get you angry and then feed off yeah. of that. So we're holding hands. We're chanting. I don't remember what we chanted. I made some shit up. I don't Why know. Is it They're stiff as a board. No, I, it wasn't that one. <laughs> it, it was something. I don't uh, honestly remember the chanting. I remember sitting there and I remember being quiet. And then I remember chatting with people to our left and right. We're all hold still holding hands. And then I remember like one, but you know, like I was looking and I saw someone just stiffen up. Yep. And it then went from person to person, but it wasn't, it wasn't like each, it wasn't in line because no. it was this person. And then it was like four yep. over. It, it was, it, it, it was it, not predictable, mm -mm. but it got all of us. Yeah. And, and the little bird too. And then, you know, we, we, we grounded the energy at the end, even though each of us in turn is, you know, our, people would gasp. It would be, yeah. <gasps> and yeah. then they try to breathe slowly and calm down. And, and it just, yeah. And it, it just, it went around the circle like a ping, uh, ping pong ball bouncing off yeah. a person. And we, we grounded the energy. We broke the circle I was like, I don't know that that worked. And and we were all like, I, I don't even. And 
then we were like, wait a minute. This bird had been singing all through this evening. It had been chirping and twittering and singing. And it was silent. And I think it was Ryan who got up and, and pulled the cage down. He, he, he took it off the hook and looked and the bird was dead. And there was food and water. Cause I was like, okay, you assholes forgot to feed the poor bird. You know, that was my first thought. I didn't <laughs> say it, but that was what was in my head. Yeah. And no, it had food and water and it had been fluttering and chirping. And there was also, I, why there was a wrench under a chair. I, have no clue. Uh, but there was a wrench under a chair. <laughs> it was, I'm like, and Ryan's like, here, feel this. And I touched it. It was like freezer cold. It was cold, cold. And I'm like, no, keep it moving. Why is there a wrench? And he never really answered my question, but handed it to someone else who touched it. It was like, no. <laughs> yeah. It was a very weird. I was glad yeah. when they moved out of that house. That yeah. Was- that was not, and and there was there was all kinds of interpersonal dynamics with some yeah. of the roommates too. Yeah. Two oh, girls boy. did not get along with each other, and well, one girl, well, neither of those girls will get along with anybody. The, the truth, truth. Yeah. Um, so there was that too. So I think that something had come in and gone. Hey, there's good eats here, and stayed. <laughs> and city college kids, let's mess with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's have fun. But they were right across. I mean, yeah, they were right across the street from that substation. And you yeah. could hear the hum of that thing mm-hmm. in their house. And you could almost feel it. Yeah. It was, I didn't like it. No. And that was the same night you and I went for a walk and we saw the whatever it was. It was a dead bat. Yeah. Pointed. The way it had hit, it was across the street from my house pointed directly at my bedroom window. Yeah, that wasn't good. No, that was just weird. Uh, we didn't like that. Oh, no. and that was the neighborhood where we first started seeing the black stag. Yes. That then it wasn't just our circle of friends who started yeah. seeing it. It was yes. One people. of them that nobody liked was like, "Have you seen the black stag?" We're like, "Yes." <laughs> have you? Yes, I have. Okay. And yeah. people who didn't even believe in anything were seeing it. And it started in the west side and then it ended up people from all around town would see it. And occasionally it's still seen. So yeah, whatever that is. Nice. I I saw it. Um, Actually, I moved in this house the first year. That's right. In in October, the first year, um, I saw it. October. I saw it one night when I was out smoking a cigarette on my back deck. And then the next night, um, my boyfriend who does not believe in this sort of thing saw it and he was like, man, I must've had just like too much to drink last night. Cause I was smoking a cigarette and looking out into the distance and I just saw this black stag. And then in the morning I looked and there's a mailbox there. So I must've been hallucinating a mailbox into a stag. And I didn't have the heart to tell him that I, a, I had already seen it. Yeah. No, it wasn't a mailbox. See people have been seeing it for, yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I've heard from a couple of people on the West side that they've seen a, a melanistic stag and I'm like, mm, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah we know what that is. A 20 year old naturally occurring melanistic black stag. Okay. Yeah. whatever. 
Um, so yeah. And then, then I became sort of a village witch because I, I bought horse feathers from the two people who owned it and I moved it uptown and started doing uh, classes there and doing tarot readings and all sorts of stuff. And that's when I really started hearing from a broad section of the community about their hauntings. Yeah. Uh, Because if you own a pagan bookstore and you're a witch, people will come to you. Yeah. And so. You know the one I miss? What? Remember Lewis from Java? Yes. I liked her. I think about her now and again. I do too. She was, she was one of my Tarot clients and I loved her. Most of my clients, I had either kids from the university or it was people who were international students because in other countries, people who do divination are Mm -hmm. still looked up to. Yeah. And that was, that was who I, I were most of my clients. Not gonna lie, I had a little thing for her. She but was cute, and she was she's, sweet. She was crazy cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was. So that's that's where you know I would hear about you know, and then once Zach and I were known as the people who owned the pagan bookstore, we couldn't even just go to Kroger's without yeah. somebody asking us weird questions. We would go to Kroger's at like midnight because it was open twenty four hours back then. And we'd have closed up the shop and finished our discussion group. And we'd be going home out to the country and somebody would, one night we had three questions. The first question was a guy who worked there, who was stocking the dairy cabinet, who asked if we had ever heard of a ghost that wasn't a person. And I said, well, there's that ghost out at Stroud's Run that's supposed to be a bison. That's the last woodland bison that was in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, but have you ever heard of a dog? And I said, I feel like I'm gonna. <laughs> I feel like it's coming. And he said, there's this little, I just moved into this house. And there's this little white dog that runs around. And I'm like, does it bother you? He said, no but it jumps up on the bed and you can feel it. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I, I, congratulations. Maybe, maybe <laughs> good. I'm like, you know, do you want to get rid of it? He said, Oh no, I just, I just wanted to know if it was a thing or if I was going crazy. I said, no, you're probably not going crazy. If Athens can have a ghost bison, you can have a ghost dog. And <laughs> that's cool. Um, that was one. And then another person asked if what was it oh it was another person asking about the stag Mm -hmm. have you have you have you seen that stag again and i said no not in a while not since we moved out in the country we have other problems out there um (laughs) because that was the falling down the hill house and that was that had issues um i said no but have you seen it and they said well, we saw a white doe. I said, you know what? Maybe there's a chess set made out of deer. I don't know. But, it, you know, a white one is more likely than a melanistic one. So it could be natural. Never heard about that one again. And then the third thing I heard was when we went to 
check out, the checkout guy asked if we could order some books by Paracelsus because at, at three in the freaking morning at Kroger's, the checkout guy, of course, needs textbooks by Paracelsus. Because, because alchemy is cool. Because he's going to be calling up some spirits and making some alchemy and doing some things. And I was just like, yes, sure. Give me the name. Let me, he wrote it down on a receipt for me. And yeah. And gotta love the Athens pagans. Because <clears throat> they will tell you the whole story. Yes. <laughs> be like, well, I want to summon this thing. And then you'll hear the backstory. And then you'll hear how they learned about it. <laughs> it's like, oh boy, thank you, honey. I'm going to go home. Kendra used to <laughs> hang out in my bookstore. So she heard a lot of these things. It was, it, it was the best place that people watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was fun. We had, uh, we had discussion groups. Kendra came to those. Mm -hmm. We had public rituals out at the Unitarian fellowship. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was Athens. That mm -hmm. was, that was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Kendra and I did some legend tripping, but we never did find that stupid cemetery. No, we didn't. We found the redneck tree. We almost found it the hard way because the tree almost killed us. Yeah, they they could have buried us out there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go back and I want to nail reflectors like eyes on it. <laughs> you will cause an accident. I know. The coyote in me is like, it needs actual eyes. <laughs> I mean, I feel that. Somebody will think it's Mothman. That's not even fair. Oh, that's true. Uh, but yeah, there, there's all kinds of weird stuff around Athens. Yeah. And then Kendra worked at a camp and lived worked, out in the wilderness for a yep. while. I lived in Zaleski State Forest in a um, camp. I, for, it was a civilian conservation corps and we did everything that they always have done. We built stairs, we planted trees, we did forest firefighting, we did all kinds of neat stuff. And we were pretty much always deep in the woods. Um, lost my train. Oh, and at night we had, <laughs> it was like being a teenager, we had curfew, but we'd all like lay in our rooms until last check was over. And then we'd sneak out and go. There was this, like, across the street, way down this ravine, there was a little recession cave. And we'd hang out in that and light a campfire and other things. <laughs> 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 but that that put me out in the, really out in the thick of it. And that's where I got to see a lot of, like, I think I talked before about, you know, you'd be walking along and then there's this, this mound and you'd realize that where you are, there are just mounds all over the place. And some of them have divots in them where people had dug them up. But I thought that was really cool to come across that. Yeah. Um, the weird part, and I know I've touched on this before, that that's during it, when I worked there is when I saw Mothman. Um, and what's funny is I had, I was about two miles away from camp and I had flipped my car. And I had to walk most of the way back. And then I went, stopped at one of these random houses in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night and asked for a ride back to camp. 
which I'm sure the owner, the owner seemed to be like, oh yeah, it's another kid from the camp. I'm like, how many people flip cars in the woods at night? Probably <laughs> more I, than I you would Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of us did it. Because this, the way the road was, it was like you had a steep hill, then the road was cut in, and then there was a drop off, and yep. it was a gravel asphalt mix. Yep. So for me, I was going the speed I had always gone. There just happened to be a patch of gravel there where there hadn't been before. And I lost control of the car. Yeah, because they would use gravel to patch big potholes before. Yes, and they they would use cinder to deal with snow. And that was always fun. That would pop your tires, though. But anyway. Um, And I I remember as I was walking, I was kind of, I was singing this lullaby that my mom sung to me when I was little to try to calm myself down. Cause I'm in the middle of the woods in the middle of the d- night and I'm a little bit freaked out. This is priest Alphonse, mind you. Yeah. And I remember as I was walking, something was a bit in front of me and it kept pace with me, but it was, a, it was, I don't think it was physical, but I could see the way it swayed when it walked and it was really neat. And the point about, a hundred feet before I rounded the curve to get to the house that I stopped at. It's like I walked through it mm. and it was the weirdest thing. Kind of like, you know, my watch has ended. You have found your place and I got a ride back to camp. And that's why I was in the car with Ryan when I saw Mothman because he was driving me back from karate that night. Yeah. So, um, so I think I've told, I feel like I'm repeating stories by telling the Mothman story again. Um, should I go ahead and tell it? Go ahead and tell it. Okay. Cause you wouldn't uh, tell, I love hearing it because you wouldn't tell me when it happened. I know. I was so weird. Ryan told me. Yeah, I was. And it was one of those where I couldn't tell it. It's like, it was, yeah. it was lodged yeah. there. I couldn't, it, uh, it's weird, but, um, driving home one night for, from karate. In fact, I took a picture of it on the Google maps of the intersection I was at. So you turn from Lake Hope and then you're driving up this road and it splits part of it, uh, off to the right goes over raccoon Creek and goes up to camp. The one road on the left goes further in towards the Minville, Minville tunnel, which is haunted. And that's a toll own freaky deaky. So anyway, um, as we're coming up on this little split in the road, there's one of those big yellow signs. And I see it, the thing was massive. And it was, what's weird about it is not just the, the fact that I couldn't form, it's like trying to scream in a nightmare. I couldn't get I couldn't put together what I was seeing, what I was sensing, what I was feeling. I just remember saying his name over and over and over until he finally said, yes, I see it. And he barely made it turn. He skidded around it. But at some point we talked about what we saw and it was like the position of the growing red uh, red eyes. It almost looked like the outline of a massive wolf face. But if you think about the way something would have wings folded up and the way Mothman's eyes are positioned almost like it's on a chest, yep. that would make sense of that silhouette. And that's why 
I think what he describes it, he describes the wolf. And when I describe it, it's Mothman, because in my mind, that's it. It's Mothman with its wings tucked back. Yeah. He described it as a giant black dog's face. Yeah. Wolf's face. Yeah. But it was the, it was like a silhouette though. There was no yeah. definition. It was yeah. like, a, it was like, like, uh, what's her name said? It's, it's like a 3d shadow with red glowing eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Linda said. Yeah. No, somebody else. Heather. Yeah. Heather. Had had described it as well. She had seen it too, and then Linda had said the same thing. I reached out to her again, and we chatted back and forth because, I you know the few seconds that I experienced it left a mark. I I can't even wrap my head around what she went through. She was telling a story. I was just and I, she, I had she was so young too. Yes, I, I just can't even I can't even imagine. I'm glad I haven't seen it. No, and no. that actually yeah. that intersection is really close to where we ended up living the last house we lived in in Athens County. Huh. It's right past Grass Run. Oh, I did not realize that. Yes. It's not that far from Grass Run. I was gone by the time you lived there because I don't think I saw that house. You came once or twice, but no, you you had already moved. Yeah, we'll drive out there sometime because now I need to wrap my head around where that was. Yeah. Because I, you weren't, ahead. you weren't there at my 30th birthday party at that house. So no, you had moved. So. You were yeah. in Columbus or. No, I, I was, went from there to St. Louis to Madison. And then I was in Columbus a year or two later. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. so go ahead. So, no, I was going to say, there's also the Moonville Tunnel, um, which is an old rail tunnel. There was, a good, there was a town there, complete with all the things that towns have, that is now a ghost town. And there are all kinds of legends. And this is something we'll get into more later, with all the legends of the ghost activity in that area. And when you go down there, as you drive down there, you can kind of feel it building as you go. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And that's the same road you have to go to. We lived on that route. So okay. yeah, it, it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Moonville and actually Lake, part of Lake Hope and part of Zaleski are in Vinton County, which mm -hmm. is right next door to Athens County. So technically it's not Athens, mm -hmm. but it's the Athens immediate surroundings. And uh, yeah. Vinton County is one of the, it is the least populated county in Ohio. It's mostly trees. It's mostly forest. So pretty. It is beautiful. Um, but there's, that's one of the big hot spots for um, hairy hominid sightings around it, our area. It also took me that 20 odd years to accept that I saw something. Because I was like, there's no way. After that, I was like, there's no way that was Mothman. I'm just making that crap up. I'm just putting. And then, because I'm like, oh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia is really far away. And then I was watching this show and it was like the essence messenger. I'm like, I'm so wrong about everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she hadn't read the Mothman prophecies or I could have told her half of that book is yeah. 
the Athens messenger stringer, Mary Heyer running around mm -hmm. with John Keel following the UFOs and the Mothman and the See? witnesses and the men in black and all that. Yep. But reading the book would have been making eye contact and inviting that into my life in the future. I think that's part of my nope that I yeah. talk about is if yeah. I read about it, if I research it, it will find me because I feel like my energy change as I read it, yeah. I feel like energy build. You guys do the same thing. And it's, yeah. it's like, all right, what am I attracting when I feel this way? My, I have a very defined sense of nope when it comes to that too, which is why I'm the worst witch and the laziest shaman. All I do is ward. Yeah. And then I keep my head down and I do my prayers on the right days and I dance my dances. And other than that, I just don't mess with things. Yeah. No, there's nothing I, wrong with that. There's, you send up a beacon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember, you know, it took mom a while to convince me that, yeah, let's totally do this podcast. Yeah. Because I was like, are you sure? Uh, you weren't the only ones to, yeah. to be like, are you sure you want to, are you? Because it's going to come get us. <laughs> and sure enough, things started getting weirder around Athens, although it had already started getting weirder before we got the idea. So it's kind of a chicken egg thing. That's the other thing. Athens has cycles. Yeah. Yes. The energy has cycles. Um, you can always feel it ramping up towards October. October is, is big, but also December is big. That there's a there's energy and around midsummer. And midsummer is big. And Beltane. You know, it's interesting as you say that, because I'm thinking about the um, convention that we do, Penzik. I'm there for three weeks because I'm part of Setup Crew. And it's the same thing. You can feel it ramping up. You can feel the preparation. And yeah. when we're there off season, like November, you can feel that it's it's asleep. Whatever it, it is that we wake up is asleep, but you can feel it waking up. And Athens is a lot like that. And I wonder how many other places experience that. And further, I wonder what it's like now that the cycles have been screwed up because of COVID. Hmm. People aren't doing their normal the routines we've been doing for hundreds of years. Yeah, that is a thought. So. so I stayed in Athens. When did you leave Athens, Kendra? I 90. Let's see. I was supposed to graduate in 94, but I added a year. So puts it at 95. But you walked in 94. I walked in. I did. I did walk in 94. You're right. Because you grad, quote unquote graduated with me. That's right. And Dave. Because we sang alternate lyrics to the graduation song. Yes. <laughs> and then <laughs> we, that seems to be our thing. Yes. So, and then we, then... 94, 95, I was at the Civilian Conservation Corps, which again, they need to bring that crap back. That needs there is to be talk. a part of America again. There is talk about that. There is. I saw it. And I actually want to sit, start doing petitions and get very active in that because that's the future I want for my girls, for that to be an option. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think I left in 97. That sounds right. Um, so I lived in three different houses in Athens and there was varying levels of weirdness in each place. 
Um, and I did get to feel some of the cycle of the changing of Athens energy. But even after we left, we kept coming back. We kept coming back to visit. And it was interesting to see how it changed while we were gone and how some things were the same. And that was, that was different. So we, we left, um, and then we moved back in 2005 or four. Oh, none of us had kids. Morgana, was it four, 2004? Uh, I was 15. So yeah. 2005. Okay. okay, 2004, 2005. So you would have moved 2004. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when you guys were like, we're thinking about, I'm like, let me help you find a house. Because I was <laughs> like, you have to go back. You don't belong wherever you are that is in Athens. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go back. <laughs> yeah. That's where we wanted to Morgana to come live with us. Yeah. And that's where if we had a second kid, because, you know, you wait until your first one's 15 years old. So you have a built in babysitter. I, it was a good I, system. You also got an awesome first child. Thank yeah. you. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, that that helps because that you could have waited until she was 15 and she could have knifed the child. <laughs> <laughs> that actually was the one thing I think, I actually think mom and dad and my wonderful therapist at the time were all vaguely concerned about not knifing, but like a sense of sibling rivalry. Yeah. Of which there is none. That's yeah. so awesome. I, I am besotted like as besotted as Cesare Borgia was with Lucrezia, I am like, it's my baby, it's my baby. It's the baby sibling, I love you so much. You're my favorite. And no, they were not incestuous. I'm sorry, that frustrates me. Oh, the Borgias. It frustrates me. That's a rumor to this day. Um, but I am extremely fond of my baby sibling. That's so cool. Um, and have been since I got to hold the Wii in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I moved here in 2004, 2005. Um, and I've actually lived a little over half my life here. The other half being in Charleston, West Virginia. And I would honestly say... <clears throat> Of the two places, Athens is more concentrated, strange. Yeah. But I would say that the state of West Virginia is equally weird, but in a different flavor. I could see that. Yeah. Because the mountains are intense. Yeah. West and Virginia has mountains and Athens has hills. Has hills. hills. Yeah. Um, and that's that I think is what shapes the way the landscape feels. Athens is more gentle feeling for all that it's extremely active, psychically, magically, energetic. I, I think of it as energetic. It's mm -hmm. an extremely energetic place. Um, but it feels a lot more warm. 
but it's still the Appalachians. And I think that's part of it. I mean, the Appalachians are the oldest mountain range. Yeah. And so you're in the, some of the oldest mountains on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. It's the oldest mountain range in, in North America. Yeah. It's not the oldest ones on the planet, but it's the oldest. Second oldest in the planet. So yeah. One of the neatest things to me was our family from Norway wants at some point to drive the Appalachians. And of course, in my head, I'm like, you're from Norway. It is so pretty there. And then I started paying attention to the fact that they're from newer mountains. Yeah. So, and from, you know, the, the granite mountains, but they they want to see like the softer, like the ancient mountains. And I think that's yeah. kind of neat. It's kind of a neat feeling to have something that somebody well, else wants to see. Yeah. And huge rushing rivers and giant yeah. forests and just, it is a beautiful, the Appalachians yeah. are a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. They're just also mountains that will crush you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They, yeah, we'll get into that. There's, there's how that episode we're going to talk about uh, yeah. the the sort of the landscape, and maybe yeah. that's part um, of what's going on. Yeah. But Athens feels and felt. I mean, the first day that I moved in, you know, with mom, I, I think I talked about this episode with Peter. You know, something laughed maniacally, and a very small being darted right next to me laughing and dove into the wall and disappeared. Nice. Um, and then that just continued. And I think when I moved in, it wasn't, Athens wasn't in one of its upswings. No, it wasn't. You're correct. But it's still Athens and all the kids at school knew it. Like everybody was just like, oh yeah, things are haunted here. There are witches here. Like, yep. People see weird stuff here. It's it's normal. And, you know, you're going to school with, like, kids from all socioeconomic backgrounds. And all of them are like, yeah, no, Athens is weird. Yeah. And it felt very homey to me because everybody in Charleston is also like that. <laughs> and yeah. it's also like, oh, yeah, no, ghosts are a thing. And, you yeah. know, I'd hear stories about, you know, my granddad saw UFOs back in the 70s or 60s because there were UFOs in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, <clears throat> and then as I grew up, Athens started to ramp up again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it was almost like each year that I lived here, more and more stuff would start happening. So we went from, you know, just my normal level of strange, just that happens to me as a person, because I, I'm a weird shit magnet, um, which is my version of saying I'm an experiencer. Uh, <laughs> and there's that, there's that level. And then it was just each year it was a little more and a little more and you could feel the tempo changing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was like a quickening in your blood. Like you would get more and more excitable. And then when I was 18, my best friend, Brittany from back home moved to Athens and I was so happy. And then we moved in together when I was, I want to say 19. Yeah. Um, because I, I only lived in the dorms for one year and I lived on South Green and South Green is creepy. 
I spent a lot of time running around there. It's beautiful. So I yeah. think South Green is like one of the prettier parts of campus. Yeah. It's because I don't agreed. And I don't know if it's the layout of the buildings, the layout of the walkways. I don't know if they just happen to fall on some ley lines, but it is its own. I, I am of the opinion that the reason there are walkways built between all the buildings is after dark, you're not really supposed to be on the ground. Yeah, I can see that's that. that's how it felt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Was during the day, South Green was nice. South Green was mm -hmm. gorgeous. There's people in all the quads. There's people sunning on the walkways. But after dark, it, it's creepy. Stuff like the mist would come in off the river, and it just there. I have I saw one time a misty figure across mm -hmm. the quad for me that I was like, oh, it's just a person, or it's my eyes playing tricks on me, and it looks like a freaking white, basically, mm -hmm. and it just drifted. And I was like, you know what? It's time to just go back into the dorm and you don't actually need anything from Nelson Nelson Snack Hall. Yeah. You don't. You can turn around and just go right back inside. Yeah. Yeah. And not worry about it until morning. I yeah. didn't even like necessarily driving you back to campus after dark. Because there was just, it felt weird. And not in like a, you're going to get eaten way. Like, no, there, there, there are parts of Athens where occasionally you feel like something's going to oh. jump out and get you. Yeah. But it just, it just felt odd. Mm -hmm. um, it was uncanny. Yeah, I think yeah, uncanny is uncanny. the best way. Yeah. It was definitely it, uncanny. And it was, then, it was weird. Yeah. And of course I heard all of the, the campus legends. It's actually really funny. Um, while I was in the dorms, you know, the normal children would be like, ooh, spooky stuff, spooky stuff, spooky stuff. And I'm like over here being like, Ugh, I'm used to spooky stuff. And so they'd be trying to creep everybody out. And I'd be like, yeah, that's creepy. That's creepy. That's creepy. And they'd be like, well, have you ever? And I'm like, I broke into the TV war <laughs> when I was in high oh, school. Yeah. So. Or no, not when I was in high school. Sorry, when I was 18. Yeah. The summer yeah, before Brittany. college. Because it was yeah. me and Brittany and my boyfriend at the time. And the TB ward is the old tuberculosis ward at Up the ridges the that also used to house what used to be the children's ward. And legend has it that it was also one of the super violent wards. I don't know if I believe that one. I know it was the children's ward at one point, and I know it was the tuberculosis ward at one point. Um, yeah. And we it managed... Was, I managed to avoid all of that. Yeah, mom never did this, because she had sense. Um, I have... My life. I We were like, we're doing it. And we brought a digital camera and a film camera and flashlights and water and... Brittany and I always had pocket knives, so we brought pocket knives. And we got in there, and I took a picture on the outside with my film camera, which promptly jammed and never worked again. Yep. Still, Helping. still lives in my house and is a uh, is a sculpture now. Nice. Because um, I made it into a thing. And then 
Brittany's digital camera worked though. So we got in, we're taking pictures. We made it through like the first half of the first floor. And we went to walk through into the other part of the ward. And just like that in my head and all through my body, I felt a pressure and a get out, leave feeling like just an overwhelming, like not yelling, not like get out, but like go, this isn't yours. This is mine leave and I looked at Brittany and she looked at me and we had both had the exact same feeling and it felt like a huge hand was pushing on both of our chests like there was just suddenly a pressure moving forward and we stopped dead we looked at each other and I was like we need to and she was like "Uh uh-huh and we turned on our heels grabbed my boyfriend dragged him out we did not run because it only attracts their attention. You never run from anything immortal. It only attracts their attention. Thank you, Last Unicorn. So my favorite movie is A Very Small Child. Um, and we we boot scooted um, with my boyfriend at the time complaining the entire time because absolutely nothing was happening and we were just superstitious. He was a confirmed skeptic. Um, and then we got home and we uploaded all the pictures And there were faces, not like pareidolia faces, like faces, faces in a few of the pictures. Yeah. Um, And there were orbs. Oh, well, I'm glad I didn't go. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Brittany and I didn't talk about what we'd seen until we were home and safe. And we had seen people like she I had seen a man standing by a pillar and she had seen a nurse with the cart of linens and both and she i was james when we got outside was like why did we have to leave so quickly and i looked and i said something something was pushing and Brittany said on our chests yeah and he was like wait how did you know what she was gonna say and she was like because we both heard it because unlike you we're not blockheads (laughs) (laughs) yeah um Clearly the goo did not extend and cover Jane. No, the goo did not work on that particular boyfriend. Um, And people are goo resistant. (laughs) And when when you moved out, you lived on the west side. I did. We moved on to the west side. And that house... Kendra lived. That house was a thing... That year was odd. That was the year of the blue lights. Yep. That was the year of me attempting to explain to James that no weird things can very much exist and him not believing me and him losing a folded piece of money out of his front pocket in his hoodie. And I had been arguing with him about the existence of my God. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, he's real. <laughs> and he was like, no, he's not. And I, he was like, prove it. And I was like, I really don't think you should have just asked that. And then we, we had ordered pizza or something. And he reached into his front pocket where I had seen him put $15. And the $15 was gone. And he looked everywhere. We all looked everywhere. I'm look, Brittany and I are looking at him like, you shouldn't have said anything. 
you shouldn't have said anything. He's like, this doesn't prove anything. And we were like, okay. And I paid for the pizza. And then as soon as the pizza guy left, he put his flannel back on, reached back in, and there was the $15. And he was like, what the hell? Nice. And Kyrie, I, Kyrie said 15 bucks, my, my little, little man. man. Put that shit <laughs> in my hand. And after that, I blew a line of smoke from my cigarette out. And we all three of us watched it disappear into thin air. Nice. And I was like, there you go. <laughs> Explain to me that. Yeah. And he went, that's amazingly creepy. And I'm leaving now. <laughs> I'm going upstairs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And things just kind of ramped up from there. I got pixie led not too long after that with one of my uncles. Yep. Uh, which is why I now always turn some piece of clothing inside out. Yeah, I remember you coming coming back from that because you were both coming to dinner. And that was out near where he lived. And that was out in Athens County, close to where the falling down the hill house was. And yeah, those woods are weird. Mm-hmm. Yep, we I actually saw the path twisting and moving under my feet and was too hot and getting dizzy. And there was a weird silence that like rang in the air and we had been going in circles for about 10 maybe even 15 minutes before i twigged to it Mm -hmm. and i remember being like dizzy and too warm and looking down and seeing the path move and going i know what's happening and grabbing my uncle and being like no and I don't remember. And I, I flipped my flannel backwards and grabbed him and said, we're going to walk in a straight line. And we hit a gravel road. And I was like, we're staying here. And he was like, no. And he was like, no, no, I know how to get back. I know how to get back. And I was like, no, you don't. You no, stay here. And I had to actually hold on to his arm and be like, no, I need you to listen. I need you to listen. And then he like blinked and we heard, he says that he heard whistles Hmm. from the woods. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, And and I made him turn his coat. And then I said, we're fine. And I wouldn't let go of his arm. And I said, we're going to follow this gravel road until we hit the main road because we will, we're not going back in the woods. And he was like, no, we're not going back in the woods. You're right. You're right. We got pixie led. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, we're going. And he's like, it's your fault. You drew Mothman on a tree in mud. I'm like, I will accept it as my fault. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, that was a that was interesting, and that was way before you'd heard of missing four one one. Yes, those books hadn't think, been written. I actually think he hadn't even written those books. I think he was researching them at the time. Um. So yeah, but those 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 symptoms, those things, the whistling, all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um. And yeah. I consider it being pixie led because that's yes. what it was. You, and you, turning your coat works exactly. Works. And you came home. It's good to know. You came home and he he was like, I thought I knew where I was going and, and I didn't. And I'm like, well, glad you finally listened to her. Because if you'd lost her, I'd have had to, I'd have, I'd have had to kill you. <laughs> yeah. That was why I wouldn't let go of him. Because I was like, I've, I was terrified all of a sudden once I realized he was like intent on going back in the woods. 
And I had been intent on no, I thought I knew where I was going for the first 15 minutes until I saw the path move. I don't know if you knew at that time how close to the falling down the hill house his house was. No, I didn't. You could reach it through the woods. I wonder if it wasn't trying to lead me there then. I wouldn't be surprised, but it because did, you path, didn't need to be going there. So, no. yeah. Well, the path moved. The reason that's what kidnapped me out of it and scared me is it looked like it did when I was three. Yep. When the path moved there, and you and I, you, I had been like, "Ha Mom says don't go in the woods on my own." Oh shit! <laughs> and I went, "Nope!" And I ran. I did a UE and went right back to the porch. And I told <clears> speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it moved, didn't it? Yep. See why I say nope. Don't do that. There you go. Um. And then it just it kept getting weirder. And yeah, every house. Every other house, practically, there was either a light that would inexplicably flicker or stuff would move constantly. Every house I've ever lived in, things have moved. Yes. To some degree or another. In some years, it's worse than other years. and some houses, it's worse than other houses. I don't but, even think that's ghosts at this point. I don't I, know what it is, but us. yeah. As Tim um, Renner said, when you when you moved houses and the other house was haunted, was the house haunted really or were you haunted? And it's yeah. kind of like, oh, yeah. I think we are. Yeah. To an extent. I think we have a retinue that just, you know, yes. goes along with us. Well, Speaking then- of which, last night, a shard of rose quartz appeared on the hearth of our house of the fireplace right next to where I was sitting. I stood up and stepped and we had just vacuumed too. Mm -hmm. And there's a sharp little shard of rose quartz. And I was like, that's so much better than the apport I got. I got a Frito chip that just fell (laughs) from nowhere and hit the floor last night. Oh, well, Hmm. I haven't had Fritos in this house in like three months. Wow. This is the difference between fox and coyote. You get crystal shards. I get junk food. Yeah. <laughs> and and Kendra gets my ring. So. Either that or it was random metal crap. It was lodged somehow weirdly between the stove and the cabinets, and there was a sudden temperature shift and it dislodged, which is the explanation I'm gonna go with. Yeah. Because it makes you feel better. And appearing Frito chips is just ridiculous. But see, that's the thing. A lot of this <laughs> I, I stuff is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. No. And a lot they, of the stuff that happens in Athens has a bit of the ridiculous to it. This is true. Because, yeah, it's just strange things. Like, and on Halloween, strange things. And yeah exploding porch lights yeah i can't watch scary movies every time i go to watch a scary movie with my current boyfriend for the last two three houses the fire alarm will go off nice (laughs) at like the climax of the movie to the point where he's like, okay, let's go. Sh- Morgana, come on. We got to go shoo the ghost. 
And like he doesn't believe in ghosts. <laughs> but well, he's like, okay, we have to go do we have to go tell the ghost to bugger off so we can finish watching this movie. And now before we watch a scary movie, he's like, all right, what strangeness is gonna happen? Is are the lights gonna go out? Is fire alarm gonna go off? Are we gonna make popcorn and it's gonna catch on fire? Like what's gonna happen? And I'm like, I don't know, it's not my fault. And he's like, it is somehow. It is somehow your fault. <laughs> So that's Athens. Pretty yeah. much. I mean, there's a lot more, but this is just an intro episode. That's yeah. that's that's kind of what it's like to live here. Weird little things. All the time. That that it's, eventually culminate into weird big things. It's the thousand paper cuts of the paranormal. Yeah. Yeah. Until you're on your back porch seeing UFOs all summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or... <laughs> Or you, you know, it's just, it's so hard to explain, but it, you, yeah, people talk to you about the ghosts in their house and it's just a normal thing. They name their ghost or they figure out the name. Yeah. I mean, all of us, I think all of our friends group, Kendra, when we were here in college lived in a house, at least one, that was haunted. More often, more than one. I, so you know, many of my friends currently have lived in a haunted house at least once. The house that Ryan bought with his previous wife? Yeah. And looked at buying? Walked down the hill, into the kitchen, got as far as the kitchen door, and was like, nope. That was off the list. So when I found out he bought it, I was like, Okay. <laughs> and then living there, I, I was with somebody, I was engaged to a guy and then we broke up. It was a good thing. And then later I lived in that house with Ryan, his previous wife and a great number of other people. And that house was all the nope that I felt they described later yep. in the same places, the same weirdness it was it was relieving because i'm like okay it's not just me but yeah that there was a coal room underneath the porch that was yeah that room Mm -mm. Mm -mm. you all could not get me to walk into that room i remember nobody told me anything about it they were like hey just come on in and i would whoop no it took me over a year to go into that room and it was only because there were a bunch of other people in it yeah but that Somebody was kept in that room. That was a person. And there was a person that had been locked in that room. That was the distinct feeling I got. Yeah, it was bad. I didn't like it. That house has seen things. Yeah. And it's it's funny because, you know, the the cross-section of people who will talk about the ghosts of Athens is so high. When we came back and we're looking at houses to buy, our realtor, she's very prominent. Everybody knows her and she's very successful. Her house was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. She's taken us to these houses. She takes me to this house that would have been kind of cool to have bought because the person who grew up there was famous. 
I'm not going to say who it was because I, I don't want to be talking about it, but um, that person's father was still there. Wow. And I knew it as soon as I walked in. Yeah. I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> oh. And even Zach, who generally doesn't feel things as strongly, he was like, nope, nope. Yeah. He's like, I can feel it. He's still here. Yeah. He's no. No, 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 no. This house is no. And it was so funny because we walked in and I was like, mm -mm, nope, nope. Zach was like, nope, nope. And we looked over at our realtor and she was like, yeah, no. He's <laughs> like, no, this is, yeah. this is one of the, mm -mm, no. Yeah. She said, I feel like on the disclosure form on the, on the, you know, that you have to fill out for that to sell your house. I think it should say is haunted actively by my husband and is not done. Yeah. She's like that, this one, yeah. she's like, I, I have a lot of experience with, with the houses around here. And this is one of the ones that's really, and he didn't feel bad or mean or anything. It was just, he was still so there that no, she could still smell his cologne. Yeah. It was, it was too creepy. Well, and I feel bad for people who don't get to leave. I would have probably been able to help with that, but still it was just, it was so overwhelming. And the, and the floors were super crooked too. And, and Zach didn't like the super crooked. That's floors. actually the other half of Athens. Yes. <laughs> yes, All it is. Nothing is level. There for more than five years, you, Nothing you is put level. a ball on the floor and it'll go where it goes. Yeah. There's no Even level. where it's flat. It's yeah. not level. It's just yeah. the, nothing in this town is level. It's all crooked. Yeah. Yep. Even all like crooked. on Central Avenue, the house I lived in, cans would roll across the floor because there was nothing flat about it. Yep. Even though it was on the, you know. It was on the flattest part. part of Athens. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, she, she was, she was very clear about that one. Nope. We're not, I mean, if you could, you can keep looking at it. Let's keep looking at it. I'm curious. Cause of course, realtors love to look at houses. They're nosy, yeah. you know? So she's like, I want to keep looking at it, but you're not, mm -mm, no, not this one. Not this one. Maybe that's what I should do. Become a realtor. <laughs> there you go. I would have fun doing that. And it wouldn't be about selling the houses. It'll be like, what's this house got going on? Yeah. That'd be fun. I think I might do that. Once COVID's over. If it ever is. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I know, right? But yeah, yeah, the even the realtors here know about the haunted. Oh yeah. Well, because they're like cops in the respect that they're always interacting with the not just the public, but but, but the environment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I kind of feel like we should have ghost tours in Athens, but I feel like you could just go anywhere. You just walk down the street. Get, get into city limits, throw your arm open and be like, and go have fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's all haunted. It's all haunted. Just go, go and see what you can find. No, I'm not guiding you. <laughs> you have to go get in trouble on your own. Part this of the is fun ghost, is finding it yourself. This is a ghost treasure hunt. <laughs> yeah. 
That's that. That's what we should do. Ghost treasure hunt. Except people would go stomping over graveyards and stuff, and then we get in trouble, and it, it wouldn't be nice. Yeah. So that's Athens. That's yep. pretty and much. That's, that's just how people say it, too. You know, you yeah, tell a story, and people are like, oh, yeah, it's Athens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And every single person pretty much has some that's Athens story. Mm -hmm. And it's not all about like, well, this one time in college, I drank a bunch of tequila. Like there are those stories too, Mm -hmm. but there's plenty more about orbs or ghosts or UFOs or even Bigfoot or psychics or witches or anything, anything in the weird realm. Yeah. Somebody somewhere in this town has seen it. And you know, it's funny because even there there are also the stories that that aren't actually a haunting, but because of the reputation, everybody assumes that what's happening is a haunting. I have a friend who works uh at OU in the the groundskeeping and he used to work in the in the buildings department so he took care of buildings he you know fixed stuff and there were these girls in one of the dorms that he took care of hey they were in a quad and their television kept turning on on its own and turning off on its own and and it was really really freaking them out and so they they would talk to him and they were like why is it doing this why is it doing this well it turns out that their remote that they had lost and got a new one for was in the couch. And every time somebody sat on it, it would turn it on. Every time they sat on it again, it would turn it off or it would change channels. And it was so sensitive that it could be jiggled. Like even if they didn't sit on the couch, if they put a foot on the couch, it would Mm -hmm. do it. If they walked into the room, it would do it. That's the thing about RF um, controls for um, TVs is your neighbor could be flipping their channels without realizing they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And And that's why when we have our TV things, I'm like, we've had several sets of neighbors. It's not just one. That one guy with the remote going, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but it was so funny they were so they were like we even did a ritual and he was like you know girls let me let me look into it and then one of them said we lost the remote and got a new one and he was like ah and he took the couch apart and he had to stick his arm all the way down inside oh yeah so with a popcorn and shoot up candy. Yeah, it was nasty. But he got it and he was like, see now it's okay. And they were like, but what if it wasn't that? What would we have done? And he's like, I have a friend. I'd call her and we'd deal with it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, you know somebody who can deal with these things? Yes, you can't swing a dead cat in Athens. <laughs> but yeah that's Athens so 
I guess that's about all we're going to do for the introduction because we don't want to tell too many of the stories of, about the the things you know the, that haunt everything because we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have other episodes where we specifically cover the ridges and different uh, parts of history and different areas and myths, and we're gonna touch on the cemeteries and the myths. So and we're gonna touch on the bull so that you know it's it's not every story is a ghost like the thing with wilson hall or the pentagram yeah because some of them really are just like a legend urgent urban legends yeah yeah and some of them some of them are have somehow not developed into being hauntings even though they're like the perfect urban legend ground for a creepy Mm -hmm. haunting yeah that's the other thing about Evans. You can't always predict it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes things that should be a big, you know, exciting thing that should be, you know, you should see this guy walking around all the time. You know, it didn't turn into a haunting. So that's the that's the beauty of living here. You you can't quite predict it. But uh, that's what we've got for this show. If you would like to hear more about Athens, tune in, because we're going to make this a continuing series. And if you have questions, you can always email us at 6DJK67 at gmail.com. If you have any comments, questions, anything you want us to cover, any stories you want to tell, because we always love to talk to our experiencers. Just drop us a line. Until next time, keep your eyes on the skies. Salt across your doorstep. And whatever you do, don't talk to the redneck tree. Just keep driving. (laughs) 